Hello everyone and welcome to another Tales from the Oasis Behind the Mirage. In today's episode, we're joined by Paul, our lovely editor, who's been working tirelessly on going through our backlog and making sure that we have enough content to deliver to all of your lovely ears. Paul, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So uh, for a lot of our listeners are, I think, probably aware that you do a lot of our editing, but probably aren't necessarily aware of, of kind of how that all happened or how you got into editing. So you want to start out by yeah. just kind of telling them a little bit about yourself, a bit of your background and, and how you ended up being our kick-ass editor? Uh, too kind, but um, sure. Like, I've always been interested in electronic music and, you know, writing stuff on Fruity Loops and then GarageBand and eventually Ableton. And it was getting into that and also realizing that with podcasts getting more and more popular, they always say that when you listen to something or when you see something, you think to yourself, I could do that. Yeah. That's generally how you get into it. And maybe six or seven years ago now, I started a movie podcast with a guy, another guy called Paul Salt, <laughs> called One Good Thing. And we did the editing for that. And, you know, that was just very basic, just two people discussing things and you know back and forth we used audacity which for anybody who doesn't know is freeware very basic editing suite but does the job and you know for something that's free it's fucking amazing yeah that's what we actually did a lot of our editing in our, our i think our, our first maybe session or two were recorded via audacity yeah right before we ended up going with zencaster the only problem i ever encountered with audacity really wasn't necessarily audacity's fault but whenever you tried to say you were working on a project and it had uh, built up a fair amount of memory whilst you hadn't closed and reopened the project and you tried to save it and you were out of hard disk space. <laughs> there was a very high chance that Audacity would just short circuit. It would bolt yeah. and, and you'd lose it. Yeah, we did some of our early recordings on uh, and, and had them on an external hard drive and I learned that the very hard way oh. trying to do some re-records and realizing that Audacity attempts to write to the disc constantly <laughs> as it's recording. Stop. And so if you have an external hard drive, it will hiccup sometimes and you just lose chunks of audio. Oh, God. Awesome. Yeah. Just awesome. <laughs> Essentially, you know, I used Audacity for a long time and then about a year and a half ago now we started a D&D podcast which again some of you may be aware of go ahead and plug it for those who haven't of course yeah Jen's also been plugging it uh, relentlessly on Twitter which I'm so grateful for it's called Quest Fantastic it's a D&D podcast based on uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast and is it Hasbro's behaviour of late it's not <laughs> always going to be a D&D podcast yeah it's a D&D podcast that's tightly edited. A group of friends who've known each other for about seven, eight years now. Comedy heavy, but with some surprising emotional beats in there. Hey, that's kind of like us. Yeah, exactly. It was original music composed by me and heavy sound effects use similar to this. Uh, very, very similar to this. And that's kind of what helped me get the job here. The last thing I'll say about Quest Fantastic is people who don't like D&D podcasts or D&D in general, are very surprised to learn that they really like Quest Fantastic. So hopefully that is going to be the best endorsement for us. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone through a couple of episodes. I, I generally have a lot of trouble listening to podcasts, but it's hard. Quest Fantastic is very easy, very easy to listen to. Oh, thank you very much. So you mentioned that you don't use Audacity anymore. Uh, yeah. And, and that was done for some of your early projects. What do you use now for editing? So now I use Adobe Audition. I did use Audacity for the first 
four episodes of Quest Fantastic, but a friend of mine, Sean from Rollercast, another uh, actual play podcast, who I've actually written a bunch of scores for. They also do a couple of cyberpunk seasons. He got me onto audition. He took me through the uh, the basics because I looked at it. An audition is one of those programs. If anyone hasn't used it. I was about to liken it to Ableton, but if you haven't used Audition, you might not know what Ableton is. <laughs> Ableton is like a, is a digital audio workstation, you know, used for writing electronic music. Similarly obtuse at first glance, it can be quite intimidating. Yeah. If I think I'm, you know, fairly good at the editing and engaging a lot of timing and music and whatnot, I'm not good at being presented with a bit of technology that I don't know how to use. My mind doesn't snap into action and go right i'm gonna learn this and it's gonna be my achievement like i'm i'm pretty good with tech and i've tried to use some of it like you you even recommended to me what like adobe Mm. i think you recommended ableton or Mm. i I don't remember which one it specifically it was it was a while back uh whenever we were first talking to you you recommended it to me and i downloaded it and 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 kicked it around for maybe 20 minutes and was like i have no idea what i'm doing yeah just closed it and never opened it again but and i consider myself to be pretty good with technology you know in general yeah but some of these programs are just they're, they're really obtuse I, they're, they're made <laughs> by music engineers and sound engineers and once you get an idea i don't know if you've ever been on udemy i i haven't no oh uh, well it's it's a, a library an archive of courses made. oh yeah no I'm, I'm aware of it i just haven't been on it oh, okay cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's that's that's a hard step to take <laughs> i paid like 50 bucks for an amazing you know guide to learning ableton and, and do you do you remember what the guide was in case any of our listeners are interested in learning ableton hmm. hey everyone it's paul here your wave wellness coach and personal development course enforcer just letting you know that the Ableton and Logic courses that I took on Udemy are by a wonderful man named Thomas George. Anyone who's looking to get into music production and finds the whole process of learning a digital audio workstation a little bit daunting as I did, you will benefit immensely from this. Anyway, contrary to public belief, there is no fever temperature threshold for any wave-related sickness. Back to it. Well, thank you, future Paul, for looking that up later. And yeah, yeah, nice one, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had Sean take me through uh, the basics of Audition, and it has a lot of advantages over Audacity. It has non-destructive editing, so you oh can, god, yeah, that's the biggest problem with Audacity. You make yeah. a change, and it just you know, if you don't like it, it's you're either spending all of this time duplicating tracks and hiding yep. them and muting them and yep. wrangling with like what's playing and what's not, or yeah. you're just losing work and hoping that you're doing it right the first time. That's it. The, the the biggest time suck for Audacity is when you're trying to EQ an audio file, you can't just tweak it as you go. You have to estimate the settings and then you apply the settings and it takes a minute or so to, to apply. And then you listen to it and go, oh, that's not quite right. Okay, undo. So I just if I just cut low end by 0.5 dB, I'll reapply it. Take two minutes to do it, and then you're just you're just there for hours. Yep. Whereas, yeah, Audition makes the whole thing so much more streamlined. It is an energy beast, so it does really drain your battery and your processing speed. But it's worth it if you want to get the most out of uh, Audition. Which is not to say that I don't use Audacity for some things. I find, and this is what I found talking to other editors, is you can't uh-huh. always you don't always rely on one program to do everything. Yeah. I really like the noise reduction and the noise gate on Audacity. Noise reduction is the editor's best friend. You use it to get rid of that background 
static or that white noise that comes from you know the environment and air conditioners air conditioners are the worst yes worst offenders of that yeah 100 percent. or when you live in australia nothing is built for winter meaning you have very thin glass sound just leaks in yeah and if you were to just mute that when people aren't speaking then what you'd get is say art stop speaking and then he says something you would have a noticeable like behind his voice because you haven't done anything to get rid of that right. background noise it's still there yeah. and a, a, a noise gate is basically just it's it's like a it's basically like it, it keeps the small sounds from from yeah. being sounds right like yeah, it, exactly. it just stops the audio from getting above a certain amount i i learned all this stuff just teaching it to myself yes whenever we were first getting started so i'm probably not using the right technical terms here but yeah no, no, it keeps the small sounds from sounding like sounds that's exactly it it's it's, it's a gate it, it prevents sounds below a certain volume from getting through the gate yeah did you know for the first couple of episodes of tales from the oasis i didn't know about noise gate uh okay and so i manually muted mm -hmm. every single keystroke every single yeah like every Ish. mouth movement I manually muted every single one of those. And then about four episodes in, I found the noise gate. And I was like, well, that's how everyone is able to do this. Without going insane. I see. Okay. Right. Yeah, no, we like for One Good Thing, the movie podcast, which you should check out as well, because it's great. We probably did like 10, 20 episodes before we thought, if only there was an easier way of doing this. And it turns out there was. I can't imagine. I was going to say, I couldn't imagine how difficult it would be not having that for a TTRPG podcast, but I did forget to do it one time and that was horrendous yeah. on top of everything else. Oh yeah, I, I can imagine it very well, actually. I oh. can imagine exactly <laughs> what that's like and it's a pain in the ass. And listeners at home, if you don't know what that's like, just listen to the two of us and, and work backwards and you'll... Uh, <laughs> You'll get there. Audition has a really great match loudness function where it brings it up to a sort of standard minimum. Oh, that's how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is another one of these things that I just manually did myself. Like I, I would use yeah. the, the sound enveloping in Audacity yeah. to manually adjust it and, be, and like eyeball it to make sure everyone's peaks and, and troughs were kind of at the same level. And I did that for five years with OGT before uh, Sean showed, showed me this on Audition. And, and I still, you know, if I listen back to early Quest Fantastic and also my first few episodes of Tales from the Oasis, the fiddly thing that's that's extra annoying is whenever you're with like working with new performers, you can't just apply all the settings that you had uh, for ones you've already worked with because sometimes that comes out in a way that you listen back to and think, yeah, fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, that's just that's often something that only the editor notices. <laughs> Well, I think I'd have to disagree with you on that because okay. one of the things that was mentioned in our 2022 feedback survey is how much people appreciated the editing. Oh. Like, I think almost every single person mentioned that they loved the editing, that it was it was tight, it was you know musically driven, lots mm. of uh, colorful adjectives and, and good oh. ways of describing it that are escaping me right now. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it's something that I, I think I wasn't really expecting people to appreciate as much like personally yeah when we first started doing tales from the oasis and i started editing like what the first like 15 episodes or so i was trying to do it to make something that like i who have a lot of trouble focusing on even something like 45 minutes to an hour long like a tv show yeah um i have a lot of trouble focusing on that anyway mm. and so we tried to design a podcast that would be able to keep the attention of somebody who maybe has difficulty focusing on longer things or who finds unedited actual plays to be a bit difficult to follow. Yeah. Not any, you know, 
issue with the content, just not personally something that I am I am able to easily follow without devoting all of my focus to it. No, I struggle with that as well. Yeah, and I think that's part of what works really well about about like your editing style and then my editing style was yeah. we've we've got that same issue of like having difficulty focusing on long things, and so yeah. making sure at least for me that every episode just had a really fast pace and and lots lots of energy, yeah. even in the slower parts, like that there was a it was the trough to the valley. Or the the no yeah the mountain to the to the trough or what's the phrasing yeah. for that something like that yeah I'm actually not sure but I know what you mean yeah and it's yeah you can still be slow and have that plodding beat and it's yeah if it's a cool fucking tune then it, it really does help yeah so so that's actually the next bit on my list of pre-planned things to talk to Paul about you've edited several podcasts uh, several yeah. you know, very good podcasts. But Tales from the Oasis definitely has a different style. I I think you've mentioned before, and a couple of other people have mentioned, yeah. than other podcasts. So from the perspective of someone who who came in at around episode you know fifteen and then mm. has taken it amazing places from there, what do you feel like makes Tales from the Oasis sound like Oasis or like like our show? Yeah. Like, wh what do you feel like are the components that make that up from you know an audio editor expert perspective? Yeah. I mean, I mean, even anyone who who listens to Tales from the Oasis, it's almost a Pavlovian expectation of your introduction, um, which, which immediately sets it up as a, whether you see it as a, like as audio fiction or you see it as a genuine feeling, uh, state-sponsored promotional, <laughs> promotional vehicle, that already sets the tone. You know, Quest Fantastic does this to, to an extent with our, with our intro and then Sarah, the GM, starting with the same phrase. Yeah, it definitely helps to get people in that that vibe. Yeah. Like that's that's part of the reason why we start with the same song. We start with the same phrasing is yeah. we're, we're trying to hit kind of like what you're saying, like that Pavlovian response. Of, yeah, it's time to get into cyberpunk. Yeah. To get your imagination salivating. Yeah, I started recordings with that, too, actually. Ah, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll play that song first to get everyone hyped up and be like, thanks for coming to this recording of cyberpunk tales <laughs> from the oasis and they're like all right art just do the regular voice down I'm like all right so this is where you <laughs> <laughs> look as, as an englishman i'm forever amazed by american accents and uh, <laughs> just, they always sound like exotic and cool and hollywood but you, like uh, you in particular have like a very rich a very just a very strong delivery and a really rich voice that's very pleasing to listen to well, thank you and, and so like, when it when it, you're welcome and when it kicks in it's it's just the perfect intro but from an editor's perspective the 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 thing about oasis which is a wholly unique is that it is so stylistic so stylistically driven that the editing is noticed not just by you or the players but listeners across the board Interesting. And yeah. even Quest Fantastic, you know, where I score the music, dialogue, it still follows the rhythm of the music, and uh, my sound effects work is as dense and intricate as it is in Oasis. It still falls into that category of editing being the thing that, if done well, means it isn't noticed at all. Yeah. That's something where I'm like, I'm impressed with when we got our feedback, how people were being very specific about things they liked about the editing instead of saying like, oh, you know, just great editing. Yeah. They were like, I really like X, Y, Z or, or like these specific bits. Yeah. And it was neat to see that, that, that yeah, that that was, was like actually appreciated. A little nervous about sending out feedback forms after we uh, yeah, kind of, of dropped off the map for a bit and stopped releasing episodes. <laughs> 
But uh, <laughs> people were nice enough, at least in that section, and we're very positive about the rest of it. So. Yeah, um, I, I, I will just allow, just in, I, don't, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm expecting f- feedback, like no one is obliged to, and it's just it's just part of the process, and the important thing is, you know, you're making the thing you want to make. Right. But with Oasis, it was so surprising. And, and I suppose, you know, why people do notice the editing is because the music drives the pace, you know, it dictates yeah. a, lot, a lot of the dialogue. And I find that I'm almost unconsciously edit dialogue to the beat now. Yeah. Some words need to hit on a snare, kick. Some need to hit on a pause or a drop. Right. But it's so hard to give any rules on what specifically, like which words have to do that. It, yeah. yeah. I, 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 the, the surprising thing is and I've ventured this with other editing friends before I say this to to, <laughs> to other people. It, it is such a creative thing. It's not just like turning on your computer and cutting breaths and then you're done. It pulls from the same creative well that I have for writing or for writing music or you know drawing badly. It's it's the same <laughs> bit of uh, energy that I have. So you know you're you're pulling in a few tracks that you think this is going to be the vibe that I'm going for and then without actively thinking in this way what you're doing is putting it alongside dialogue and getting an, a, an emotional feel yeah the greatest joy in the editing process is lining up a track and just by pure coincidence yeah I didn't say that word right pure coincidence a drop lands at a like revelatory moment I know exactly what you're talking about you know oh this yeah. track sounds like it's gonna be great you put it in yeah and then your raw audio edit just fits perfectly into that track and, and it yeah yeah feels like it was made for that yeah and you just think wow that's amazing yeah. and it happens a few times a, an edit it's it's really amazing um and and the joy there's there's a real like unfettered joy that you feel when that happens because it's resonating with you emotionally and you know that when people hear it, it's gonna have a, you hope it's gonna have a similar effect. So we're, we've talked about like the, the words hitting on different beats and consonants and things like that and, mm. and wanting to line up songs in these specific ways. So what are some, some parts that we end up, or that, that I think we've kind of end up developing stylistically? Like a couple that I can think of mm. that, you know, we, we kind of noted down before this was how, and you've already talked about this, how setting up the right drop in music yeah and syncing that with like the different audio that's recorded by the different players is it it pays off so well to have that really cool like the music kicks in right at the right moment like right as someone opens up fire or a a motor takes off or something like that yeah and and it's something that i think we do really well is we we use the music to drive so much of the energy Mm. and so much of the dialogue is patterned around the music Mm. and like as at least whenever i was editing it i've noticed you doing that as well that it does kind of it does feel like both the music and the dialogue are synergizing to like drive everything synergizing yeah (laughs) corpo words Uh, to, to drive the entire story yeah. forward at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any others that, that you can think of that? I mean, think, thinking of uh, the pause as well is a good one because it's not a drop, but it's a pause. Yeah. And sometimes I, I put those in artificially. I do a lot of remixing of uh, of the tracks. I, I might be the only person that notices the remixes because yeah. I've heard those songs <laughs> so many yeah. times when trying to figure out what the perfect song is. That yeah. Like, ah, I can see what he did there. Yeah. Sometimes you it's just need nice. to... It's like when you hear an advert with a song that you love, mm-hmm. but it, when it's an advert, it's always just the, the dirtiest, dodgiest cut <laughs> to the chorus, and you think, you just butchered this. But yeah, yeah you have to, sometimes you have to loop a, a, a section that 
especially if like an interesting counterpoint rhythm comes in it can really beautifully signify uh, like a change in tension yeah. somebody it pulls out a gun or if somebody pulls out a gun and then says this is what i'm thinking or you know these are my terms yeah then you just need that that offbeat drum to signify to the listener that something has shifted that they need to start paying extra attention because the adrenaline's going to start yeah but yeah sometimes you just need to cut a second out of the music so it's silence that can be if some say somebody fucks up a roll reed's a good example of this reed will build something up puff his chest out and then uh <laughs> jamie will roll a three or something and oh. i always think of the iso line oh reed every time you act tough it um, never works, yeah. But yeah, I know. But but that's when you just pull the music out completely. You just sail into the void for a second and before the music kicks back in. Yeah. That's one of my favorite ones as a you know, like I edit Quest Fantastic with comedy at the forefront a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that kind of impulse. Yeah, I noticed you also use, I, I don't think I really realized that I had been doing it until I saw, or until I heard you doing it. And I was like, oh yeah, mm. that's probably what that is. I noticed that you have a tendency to use different types of styles of music to represent different characters. So if like, yeah. if there's a, a smash cut to like a scene with Reed, then it's generally like more grungy, like electric guitar. Mm. Whereas something with, with like Sadoi is kind of more like, I don't know, techno, electronic. Yeah. Can you like talk more about that and, and, and how you got yeah. to those, those decisions? I remember you saying that you did do this with, with characters and it got me thinking. And whenever I think of Reed, it's always tracks that are called things like Drunk on Moonshine or, <laughs> <laughs> or like Trailer Park Chase or something. Yeah. Firework Festival is another one. <laughs> yeah, and it's music yeah. That, that Reed can stomp to in his boots, yeah. kicking in some saloon doors. That gels really well with the general vibe of the Oasis and the heat. Yeah, uh, and, yeah and I mean, the, the the nomad influence of the Oasis is is definitely there. Yes, that's it, yeah. And so I think that's part of what makes it work really well. Like, it's effectively a cowboy. What are the other vibes for like ISO and Mavis and Sadoi? Yeah, so for Sadoi, I always think of, you know, like hacker music in, in an early noughties uh, movie, the kind of music that would signify Okay, some cool tech shit is about to go down. Okay, people arbitrarily uh, tapping on a keyboard. Yeah, and being like, oh, I've just, I've just got to wire this through the mainframe. Music <laughs> to tap on your keyboard too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Volume five. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the best I can do to to show that Sadoi is a genius and um, can do always, you know, magical stuff with technology. Yeah. And it's always got to sound cool when when Sadoi's working on stuff. Right. That's why the sound effects are always of her like banging a fist on the table when she's interrupted and that. Oh, she loves to bluster about and just be the coolest person in the room. Yeah, I know. And then you put her hands on a minigun and suddenly she's like, oops, I accidentally <laughs> shot everyone. Yeah, oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then with Mavis, M- Mavis plays so fast and loose with hygiene, uh, health and safety, and, <laughs> yeah. and has a, a, a really weird, sketchy moral code. And it all just comes out for me as I, like it's leaning towards rock because it's it, it, it can be brasher and that just that's just what Mavis working so feels almost like. like almost like punk yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely got punk elements and it's it's okay. got a bit of electronica in there as well it's almost like it's some sort of cyberpunk <laughs> if that's if that's a thing <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that was good. I'm hired for my jokes. <laughs> Quite a lot when Mavis is operating on someone, I've gone for some more chaotic music. She has such a chaotic energy. That seems like a perfect fit, yeah. Exactly, yeah. She's the kind of medic that throws her back to the ground, takes out a, a syringe and just jabs it in someone's sternum. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's literally done that before. Yeah. Without getting consent. Yeah. And then ISO, ISO, ISO yeah. always makes me laugh because I just go for like whatever music sounds faddy and cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Being the media with um, his moustache, there's just something about how whilst all the other team members are willing to get their hands dirty, even though ISO commits uh, some horrific violence throughout the uh, <laughs> the, the show, yeah. still seems like the kind yeah. of guy that would rather not and is more interested in his subs and, you know, paying Sadoi with exposure and things like that. <laughs> for a while, I was trying to go for the, like, to give these characters their own personal ringtones as well to get across their personality. Yeah. What what happened? Did you end up doing that? Or, it's, or? it's, I, I, I did for a while, but for a couple of reasons that didn't pan out and it was half just feeling like it, it needed a bit more work. And then you were doing this really, the really funny Sadoi. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Sudoi phone thing. And it, Someone and it, is trying to contact you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ring ring. And, it, and that was just way funner. That was just a way cooler thing to play with for now. I like that idea. We should try and work that in in something in the future. Yeah, I, th I think like going forward, that's the kind of individuality that I want to go for. It's the same with everybody's footsteps. I use different oh. effects. Yeah, I think I've noticed that, that everyone has different footsteps. Mm. I Yeah, another thing I, I really like that I was thinking about before this, I didn't even write down in my notes, but... Uh, just thinking about it right now. I really love how you spatialize out the audio when mm. having scenes that are like moving from one spot to another. Like oh, yeah. there's a couple of really great transitionary scenes where it's like someone's going from their apartment to someone else's apartment mm. and they go through the middle of the hallway and there's there's just like a small flash of like, you can fe almost hear the and feel the heat, like the sizzling on the concrete. And sometimes you'll yeah. hear like someone talking and then the door gets shut in their face. and. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. love the, the that almost like virtual camera that's moving around mm. and you can hear from like left to right you can say, oh yeah, I can figure out that Sadoi's room is down that direction because yeah. I can hear her voice like fading out a little bit as Mavis moves over to go knock on Reed's door or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Yeah, stereo images is so so effective at all and when you're when you're dealing with a you know an audio medium you've got to try and get that visual thing across somehow and right yeah it, people need to be able to visualize it in their head because there's nothing to go along with it yeah exactly and yeah. It's, it's it is amazing what uh, like a door slamming sound effects and then just putting a filter on somebody's voice and panning it can do it works so but well yeah it, it is so effective. i never did that much of it in the first 15 episodes but mm. you've really i did it maybe once or twice kind of like towards the end yeah but i think you've really you've really taken it and gone all sorts of cool places with it i love it loving it thank you tar did you have you seen tar the kate blanchett movie came out last year uh, no i haven't it's fucking amazing it's one of my favorite from last year but it's um huh. It's about a, a composer and conductor who's reaching the, the peak of her career, pretty much. It, it's kind of part music biopic, part psychological thriller, because it has this, this sort of suffering mental health behind it all, and there are also accusations of abuse of power and sleeping hmm. with people. Yeah, I think I remember seeing a trailer for this. I don't, I don't think I ended up seeing it, though. It's incredible for the way it uses stereo image and panning. You're sit, sitting in the cinema, and you know she, she'll hear something, she'll wake up and hear something in another room. 
and you'll just have this metronome ticking at the, the you know the rear of the cinema whoa or you know when you're listening to an orchestral performance the percussion will come through on on one side and and suddenly the final notes being eked out on a cello the, the film just manages to highlight like the most delicate of sounds yeah and and in doing so it, it really sets the movie apart as a, you know a fully cinematic experience yeah and it's kind of that's 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 what i want with this it's not enough when there are seven billion other podcasts out there you've got to make it as as immersive and, and cinematic as possible yeah would you say that this movie tar was that in more of an inspiration for you doing that or, or was it something you're already doing and like this is a great example of someone else doing it in a different medium uh good question yeah just just a great example of somebody else doing it in another medium because i only mm. i think it only came out at the end of last year okay but it was just probably something that because i'm so aware of it in my own work I was able to hear it or I was able to pay more attention to it yeah. because I know I sort of speak that language, I suppose. I mean, I mean, if we're still talking about things that set Oasis apart and make it yeah. very recognisably Oasis, it's that really, the, the, the characters, as well as it being this idea of this audio fiction or maybe this state-sponsored uh, propaganda piece who, at who times. Knows? Or, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> who, who knows what it is, but it's also these characters in this real world in the you know in this real space where you can hear things getting closer hear things in the background you know skittering left to right or, yeah. or or the thing you talked about i i don't know if it was in our discord or i think it was on twitter mm. talking about the difficulty developing the meat crayon effect oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone skidding along a, a, a street yeah. and figuring out exactly how that sounds god it's it's a challenge a frustration and a joy uh, of editing a ttrpg podcast of somebody you know, you can just say anything you want with your words to describe what's happening. And then you think, okay, let's see how this ends up sounding. <laughs> right. Meat Crayon is one of the, the most poetically horrific things I've heard. But um, <laughs> like something like that is so evocative of what you need to be going for. Yeah. But I tell you, the gore, man, the gore in, in Oasis, I have folders and folders <laughs> and folders of men and women screaming, of disembowelments and... <laughs> and bone breakings and stranglings oh God. and neck snappings and oh. sometimes you know when I'm just reeling through them to find the best one Nell can kind of hear them coming out of my open headphones <laughs> and she, 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 she'll just hear from behind her just screams and gargles <laughs> and who else knows what and uh, I, I don't know I, I remember those the early days of, of doing sound effect stuff and yeah <laughs> being on my laptop and being like Hey, Starling, does this sound more like a neck getting snapped? Or does it sound more like <laughs> someone's leg getting broken? <laughs> and they'd just be like, oh my God, I don't want to hear this. Like, no, 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 which one? <laughs> yeah. But that actually feeds really well into the last part that, mm. that we wanted to talk about that we've got on the on the schedule. Let's talk about the sound effects. So, yeah. Clearly, you've taken my limited sound effects in the first 15 episodes and and just really fleshed out the, the soundscape, no pun intended, <laughs> of the Oasis. Just the little sounds in the background, like they really work so well and they're layered so well onto each other and with the music that I wanted to talk to you a bit about like, so. What is your process for making these these sound effects? Mm. There's a, there's a couple of really 
great pieces of sound effect work that I like every time I hear them, I'm just blown away. Like one of my favorites is is anytime there's an aerial vehicle. Yeah. Just the sound of the wind rushing by and the 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 ambient sounds of the motors and you like almost yeah. like the creaking and clunking of everything moving around and Oh god, yeah. Um, all the way down to like I almost feel like I can hear the buckles on people's vests like flapping in the wind. <sighs> yes. Uh, That's one of my favorites. You just reminded me. Yeah. It's it's so good. So I was I wanted to pick your brain a bit. So how do you how do you come up with these and, and how do you stitch them together? The most important realization I had, and it was probably a few, maybe like ten episodes or maybe like five or six into Quest Fantastic, was that it didn't feel like it was enough to just have one sound effect to depict an action. Right. Sometimes yeah, you can find these really beautifully designed sound effects that really do just cover it and that's a godsend. It's it's amazing but a lot of the time i find that for example a gunshot mm -hmm. oh god i think i have i have like 35 gunshot sounds of yeah. just like all pistols firing in different ways yeah exactly situations it's amazing how much you need that like for example if i'm doing sound effects for somebody getting shot you got to have obviously the gunfire hopefully that will be enough on its own but sometimes to augment the gunfire you need maybe like a like a bassy sound or like an explosion in the background to really get across if say somebody's just got yeah. a hand cannon yeah or if somebody's firing a machine gun you need the sound of casing hitting concrete oh yeah i wouldn't even think about that yeah and that's the gunshot okay but then do they run and then fire are they crouching to fire oh, something's missing ah maybe you just need to get that you know that useless like hammer cocking <laughs> sound just just before it happens because that can punctuate the pause before the drop yeah there was a great example of that in one of the previous in one of the recent episodes yeah. of sudoi shooting her sniper rifle yeah. and just this excellent like yeah of the 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 bolt coming back i guess yeah. on, the, on the sniper you grab your sniper rifle aim it directly at this person take a shot get him straight in the chest where normally it had hit his armor, this one just hits his belt buckle. And the belt buckle goes yeah. inwards. His eyes go wide as he grasps his chest and starts gasping for air. He drops his sniper rifle, trying to get his lungs to begin breathing because his ribs have now just gotten broken. And that came through in the, the very final pass I took on that episode. Right, yeah, I didn't hear that in the first pass. Yeah. So I, I had the breathing, you know, you take a, uh, an inhale and then... You... Synced with the music, of course. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sidoy inhales and then she holds her breath and then she fires. And in the aftermath, the echo of the gunfire reverberating around the room, then the kudum. Yeah. And that punctuates it just before, you know, before the drop. Right. But then you've got to think of, does the bullet, does the bullet hit a wall? Does it hit somebody? What noise do they make when they get hit by a bullet? And then, you know, the, the gore, when the blood comes out, you then got to have a sound effect for the blood splashing on the floor. Yeah. There's so many composite parts to it to really make something land. How many different pieces would you say that you usually layer on top of each other in order to get across one... I don't even know how to say like one sound effect. Yeah, it's like one action. <laughs> yeah. One event. If I'm lucky, it could be one, but often it's somewhere between two and a hundred. <laughs> often between two and eight. <laughs> two, and, two and eight? Yeah. Okay. It really depends. Say if somebody's getting punched in the face, you, you need minimum two to properly have a, a fist hitting skin, a fist hitting meat feel to it. Yeah. And then you might want to add a gunshot very, very quietly underneath that just to accentuate the impact of it. Right. 
Did you know that gun, gunshots are often used in music for drops, for, in, in metal and electronic music? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, because it, it, it just huh. accentuates that first beat. Right. No, I get that makes sense. That completely makes sense. They're very, very useful. They, I, I, use, <laughs> I use a gunshot for quite a lot. Yeah. But the, the rattling you mentioned in the um, aerial vehicle, I think that that sound effect is just shaking. It's, it's, some, it's something like a file cabinet being shook. Huh. And in the most, some of the most recent episodes where Reed's piloting and dodging sound, you know, getting hit by sandstorms and, and dodging yeah. um, rocket launcher fire, you put in the, the heli vehicle sounds uh, and there's a really good accelerating sound, which I use for sharp banks left or right. Yeah. And in, in a lull in the music, just put in this noise and it really does sound like the interior of a plane. Or, yeah. or you know something like having some pretty wicked turbulence, and uh, honestly can't remember how I came across that sound effect, but I just remember it being in my library and suddenly thinking, that's them strapped in, escaping through this sandstorm, and, and it's amazing how much that one effect changes everything. Yeah, and how evocative I, that could be. Right. Yeah. No, that I, I'm still floored like listening back on that on on those. Mm on those segments and just hearing all the different sound effects. Like, I think the first time I, I, I heard it, like I went in the other room and I was like, Starling, you gotta listen to this. <laughs> and then played it for him. And, and like, we were just blown away. It was like, we were like, this sounds like the soundtrack or the, the audio track for like a, a, a top of the line budget movie, like yeah. a, you know, a blockbuster, a Marvel, uh, something yeah. like that. Like it's, it's got the, the effect of, and it, it sounds like it's been, so well polished that it's yeah it it just it floored us and it was yeah there are lots of times when i'm listening to the show and i'm thinking like wow i'm just so impressed by how professional everything about our mic everything except for our microphones sound yeah and and really go a long way to to help us fix that (laughs) (laughs) that means a lot it really does but it's you know it I, i wouldn't have known to do any of this when i started out what works best and what's needed to really to really impact, to really feel yeah. real when you're listening yeah. to it. Well, I mean, I know just from my side specifically, I definitely very much appreciate all the work you put into it. I know our listeners do too. We've seen that in all of our feedback cards. Well, and thank you so much to you and to all the, the listeners. It's so nice to to, yeah. to hear that kind of thing back. Well, good. Good to hear. Well, we're starting to hit the end of time here. Mm. So uh, before we go, Paul, mm. do you have any any other words you'd want to say to our fans, to our adoring supporters and fans of your of your editing and and my talking and the beautiful combination that the two of those make? Yeah, just just to really emphasize, firstly, how grateful I am that I, you know I, this is my job. Um, this is amazing. It's it's something that can be so immersive and all-consuming but and, and weirdly for somebody who struggles with attention i guess this is something that i can hyper focus on yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's so lovely to just a be able to spend my time working on something like this with very creative and talented performers such as yourselves and to for, for one thing to be able to just get all the raw audio and and work through it and it's like i'm getting early access to the show <laughs> which is exciting in, in its own right but then to be able to add my own stamp to it yeah and it be this compact concise and, and impactful 
thing that is Tales from the Oasis. And, and, and then just to have that recognised and for it to be received as warmly as I hoped is a really, really lovely, wonderful feeling. And if anyone is getting into editing, uh, especially audio fiction or TTRPG or anything, for one thing, if you have any questions, you can always contact me through the Discord. I'm always happy to answer any questions. You can find the link to our Discord at our website, oasiscyberpunk.com, or at talesfromtheoasis.com. We've got easy links to join our Discord there where you can chat with Paul about editing questions and anything you might want. Always happy to answer any questions. And if you are working at 10 p.m. or midnight on a project that you spent all day on and it's taken twice as long as you thought it would um, and you start to wonder if you're going insane, I've been there. So many people have been there and that's <laughs> that's all part of the process. Just keep uh, keep plugging away. And, ta- and take breaks because it can often help to take breaks. view with the new eyes and, yeah. and a fresh mind. New eyes, fresh mind and non-fatigued ears. Yeah. For the love of God. I'll try and avoid ear fatigue because you'll only give you only create more work for yourself. <laughs> Very true. Mm. Very true. All right. Well, thank you, Paul, for joining us. Ah, my pleasure. This has been Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis Behind the Mirage. Thank you all for joining. We will see you next week. <laughs>